Hello, everybody. We are live at Boulevard. Uh, this is not our usual setting, obviously. I wish it were. Uh, most of the time, we're at Arrowhead. Sometimes we're in the star's office. But we are doing a special event because it's playoff week, and there aren't enough things going on. So we decided to bring the show on the road. Um, I've got to get my, uh, my game day apparel on. Let oh me just let me get ready. Um, I don't know about I mean, if, if it works for Patrick, it's going to work for me, right? If you get it on the right way. Is it, is it upside down? I tried no, to figure it out. My hoops are hot, so that's not a problem he has. Uh, <laughs> this is a hazard of the job. Uh, <laughs> so now we're ready. Um, <laughs> Free to the first 50000 Yeah, think, so on, if, if on you are... $49,999. Yeah, sorry guys. I uh, got a head start um, on the headbands. But uh, I'm probably not going to stay like this because I don't want to be a meme later. Um, but let's get... <laughs> Retweeted 7,000 times. Oh, good, good, good. Um, let's, uh, let's get started with Eric Berry because I, before I even like, tweeted out that we were having a Facebook Live today, I got an email from someone that had a lot of Eric Berry questions. So I assume that there's going to be a lot throughout the night. So let's just address him off the top because uh, we all know so much about what's going on. Um, he did not practice today. He did not play in the Raiders game. He did practice yesterday, but it was a 10-10-10 situation, which means he really didn't do a whole lot of anything. What do we think is going on? Does anybody have an answer for what's happening? Sam, let's start with you. What What is the Eric Berry situation? <laughs> not what you want. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I keep thinking about this, right? Like, for, for a long time when he was day to day for 100 days, it was he's making progress, there are no setbacks. We've seen setbacks, was this two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, um, before, you know, when they're getting ready for a game. Um, I think this caught the Chiefs by surprise. I think they felt like yesterday, they thought he felt good, they were gonna get him for the playoffs. I think there's, there's been a feeling in the organization that overly cautious, overly cautious, but now it's the postseason, a postseason that ends with a Super Bowl in his hometown. A, a season that, you know, I think he has the best, he feels like he has the best chance to get to a Super Bowl that he's had in his career, and I think that's accurate. Um, so I think this caught him by surprise. It's not time to panic yet. Uh, you know, I think whether he practices tomorrow is, is a better indication. Um, you know, I think if, if he's limited again tomorrow or doesn't practice tomorrow, that's a huge red flag. Um, but I think there's a chance that he doesn't go today, can go tomorrow, and play Sunday. That's the optimistic view anyway. If he, let's let's go down a hypothetical path yeah. here, because that's what we do. If if he doesn't play Saturday and the Chiefs make it all the way to the Super Bowl and he doesn't play in any of those games, what are the odds that he plays in the Super Bowl? If he doesn't play this week or next week, right? Exactly. Right. There's only there's only two games before yeah. we get there. Yeah. Well, means he'll have had five weeks off from playing. <laughs> Right? So, I mean, that would enhance his chances, I guess. You would think. Um, I, but look, one of the things we've been saying all along is that we've never really gotten kind of the core of the mystery, right? I mean, we, we get bits and pieces, but um, they still haven't really even spoken publicly about the precise nature of the injury. Right. And every time we've had Eric Berry, I think he, this I think this is right, we've probably had three opportunities with him, maybe two, and each of them were for two minutes. So we don't really have a direct insight um, as much as we've launched probes all over the place. So it, it I think crapshoot or roll the dice, whatever the term you used was, is, is all we can know. And, and this takes me back to where we were. Um, I think we we're trying to figure out who had the best odds of playing out of the group that was out. You're and spoiling it, where, what I had down for later. No, I'm working with you. I felt <laughs> I, knew, Spoiler alert. I knew that's where uh, you were going. So let me throw that back to you. No, thanks. Uh, I wasn't ready for it yet, though. Oh. So you jumped ahead like three lines. Didn't get the script. Yeah, what the heck. Uh, but here's my question, though. If kind of related to that, how to you, well, Tony Romo used the word pissed. How much in trouble are the Chiefs in if Eric Berry doesn't play? Uh, I'll just say one quick thing. They're 0-2 with Eric Berry. <laughs> so, so I mean, they've had, a, they've had a fine season without him, right? I mean, you, you assume they're better with him, with the healthy Eric Berry, right. but I, I don't think you can say all is lost without Eric Berry. They're also 0-2 with Eric Berry, and he hasn't finished the game. So, in I don't, I don't really know what that stat says, because in the most crucial situations, he hasn't been in there. 
So the the first time he played was against the Chargers, and they obviously had him on a pitch count, right? He only played 30 snaps, only played in the first game or the first half. Second game's at Seattle, right? And he played double, was it 65 or so? 68 or 70, 68. yeah. But he, he doesn't finish either game. He, I, I think the intention was for him to play the entire Seahawks game, but the defense was on the field so much in the second half that they couldn't, you know, they just decided, all right, it's been too many snaps. Uh, we're, you're done for the night. Now, I think if, I think if you're Andy Reid and, and you're, you're working with this, you're thinking, well, if, if we're going to chance to play Eric Berry on Saturday, you want him finishing the game. You know, you want him playing in the third, the fourth quarter, even if that, if that, if he's on a limited basis or on a pitch count, maybe he doesn't start the game. You know, if he only has 50 or 60 snaps in him, don't play him until the second quarter, and make sure he's there for the entire fourth quarter. And what we all think is going to end up being a close playoff game. And if it's not, then that's great. You save snaps for him. But we we don't know. We don't know. We, we just don't know what's what really is going on with him. And. We, we asked Bob Sutton about it today. I'm sure you got a really good answer. Well, he, at least you got an answer. You, you, you can't ask any of the Chiefs coaches what's going on because no, nobody will tell you that. But, but Bob did open up and say, you know, how important he was to the defense. And I think he's, he's very important for what the Colts do. Uh, with the, you know, they throw to their tight end. They're, they're a good running team. They, you know, Eric Berry, a healthy Eric Berry would be dynamic in this game. I'll take even 80% Eric Berry against this Colts team, what the Colts like to do. Yeah, and he did leave the door open a little bit by saying, you know, whether it's him or Dorian O'Daniel, who also didn't practice this week, that, um, you know, it's at that point in the season where missing reps is sort of less, I don't want to say less important, but less of a big deal. Like, they can miss reps and still be able to play at the end of the week. So he said he, he left that open for him and O'Daniel. Now, while Sam was trying to be optimistic, I'm going to probably have to take the other side of that and just say, Two games he's played in. One, he had an extra two days rest, right? And then still doesn't get through the next game. And now we haven't seen him in two weeks, mm -hmm. and he doesn't make it through a 10-10-10 without having to miss the next day. I'm not seeing it. I'm just saying I would assume I would approach it as he's not going to be able to play. It's just <laughs> well, and you mentioned that, it's so, that, that Bob Sutton said it's not a huge deal if they miss reps. But how concerning is it, like you mentioned, Dorian O'Daniel's been missing practice this week, and we didn't know that he was injured until Monday, I think was that first day. There was no inkling of an idea that he had been hurt in the Raiders game. Maybe did he get hurt in the bye week? Did he get hurt, I don't know, walking down the street? What, what level of concern is there that Dorian O'Daniel, who hasn't had a huge role throughout the season, but who has in the last couple weeks kind of been more prominent in the game plan, how, concern, how concerning is it that he's not practicing right now? Well, he, he's become increasingly important just because, and Lynn wrote about it, he did a good job with this story about how, you know, the, the Chiefs have kind of relied on his speed a little bit at, at that position in the middle uh, with the type of offenses they faced. And uh, I, you, I think you, you want Dorian O'Daniel. You, you absolutely want him healthy and available and him not practicing these first two days of the week. When a, when a guy's not out there for the 10-10-10, that's what I that's, that raises the flag with me. You're right, Sam. When you don't practice on Friday, that's the bigger indicator. But when you're not out there after a week off and not out there on the 10-10-10, I, I got to think that there's we're not going to see him on, on uh, Saturday. And he's one of those guys where you talk about the tight ends. That's sort of what he, they brought him in to do, yep. to be a linebacker who can match up with guys in coverage, who can run around, who's not a, just a run stopper, a big guy clogging up space. And you lose that, and I'm not really sure who falls into that spot. Maybe they use one of the safeties like Sorensen or um, Jordan Lucas, but um, Bob wasn't willing to tell us that. <laughs> but I can't believe that. Go <laughs> figure. Um, but, yeah, you're going to have to fill in that spot. That's potentially a big problem, though, right, like against this team. Because uh, Eric Ebron's had 13 touchdowns, I think, 700 and some yards. Uh, their running backs, you might want to double-check me on this, Vahe, but I think their <laughs> running backs have uh, more than 100 catches. Um, you know, that's the stuff that, that Eric Berry and Dorian and Daniel do. This is not, there's never a great time, you know, to have, to have injuries, uh, but this is, this is definitely not it. And how about we're talking about Dorian O'Daniel like he's a, like started all year. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> that, that's where we are with this defense. You yeah. know, they're, they're missing a rookie who hadn't started. He started one game, I think, right? He started, I think he's got one start this yeah. season. The Rams yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> that's where we are with the Chiefs. Hey, I mean, imagine defense. the panic if Charveris Ward was hurt right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, no. Back to Orlando Skandrick, which is not what anybody wants. Yeah. Uh, another injury, while we're talking about injuries, let's go over to the other side of the ball. Sammy Watkins is a guy who is practicing. He was out there on the 10-10-10 day. He was 
okay enough to come out today. By the way, let's give a quick definition of 10, 10, 10, because I feel like we're just tossing that around. Can anybody give me, because I can't define it. Uh, anybody, any takers here can Lynn tell played, us what it, played the game. Lynn, did you <laughs> Lynn, play well, Vahe played the game, too. Vahe played the game. We've got two college football stars. Stars. We have a combine of star writers, and maybe you guys should just race. Uh, <laughs> Vahe's really speedy. You guys didn't they know. Did, yeah. They didn't do this back in Jurassic. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't remember what 10, 10, 10 was. I remember, you know, literally bells and whistles and go on to the next drill. But I, I don't, I don't know specifically what the 10, 10, 10 entails. But it's basically a tight and bright version of what they're trying to do, right? right. I mean, they're they're curtailing practice. It's it's pulled back a little. It's certainly not as physical. And um, I think, short of a just shells day, whatever you'd call that. In the modern era, walkthrough. Um, <laughs> it's a well, yeah. I, I think it's like it's, it's like a step past walkthrough, right? Yeah. I mean, it's but it's at least the ones in, you know in, in training camp we get to see everything and practice is open. Those days there was no pads. It was you know no it was no real contact. It was you're running through plays, you're running full speed, but you're not hitting. You're just sort of you know I don't want to say going through the motions, but kind of that's what you do. <laughs> it's shorts. Does you know, anyone yeah. shorts know and why it's yeah. called ten ten ten? Just because of the, I mean, the, I mean, the like amount 10 of, minutes of this, yeah, 10 minutes the, of the that, amount of time of at, 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 at each, at each. Okay, I feel like I, we should have cleared this up during training camp, but I'm glad that the playoffs, and now I'm addressing that I don't know what it is. Uh, I just know that it means we have five minutes to watch them touch their toes, and then we go back inside. Well, <laughs> and, Andy, Andy would have told you that he'll get that to you. He'll get that to yes. you. Yeah, right. And, and those toes of Sammy Watkins, or at least the ankle or foot of Sammy Watkins, was right. as you noted Thank in the you video, for this back around. Yeah. was heavily taped uh, it was, yesterday, yeah, the, the right, and, I, and it was taped today. Uh, I could have taken the same grainy zoomed-in photo, but I elected not to because it was cold and I kept my hands in my pockets. Um, but if you want to know what he looked like today at practice, like just go look at my tweet from yesterday. Um, same kind of thing, right foot, ankle, heavily taped. Uh, I tried to talk to him today. He said that he was not speaking with us this week. Um, but he did walk into the, into the locker room with both feet. Um, that was exciting. And then he quickly laid down, so I don't know if there was a limp going on, but Sammy likes to nap in front of his locker sometimes, and this was one of those times. One of the points Sam made, I think, when last we congregated was that uh, this Saturday would be basically six weeks from the four to six week period, right? I mean, and who knows, those are only estimates when they tell you, but it's part of what makes you feel like, okay, at least it's on track. We don't know about any setbacks. Then again, we didn't hear about him being in the cast and, or boot uh, yeah, the until boot a few too. days after he came out of the cast and boot. So it's um, it's a murky thing still. Is that four to six weeks since the Rams game, or he missed the game before that? It's four to six that weeks math, for a Sam. long time. Yeah, I think it was. I'd, I'd, I'd have to double check this actually. <laughs> yeah, um, give it to us. But uh, yeah, I, th I think it was four to six weeks from the Rams game. Okay. okay. I think. Because he didn't play the week. And that was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Was it Cleveland yeah. where he was hurt? Yes. Yeah. It was Cleveland we where saw we saw him in. come out of the locker yeah. room. Yeah. And, and Andy said, yeah. it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it was a very big deal, as it turns out. Yeah. But how how important, I earlier this week, I was asked if I had a magic wand, who would I heal? Um, I would do a lot more if I had a magic wand. But <laughs> between the guys that are hurt right now, would you use the magic wand on Sammy Watkins versus anybody else if you could bring them back from the injury report list? Eric, well, Eric Berry would be mine. Yeah, my, my number one guy, just just because of the, the problems they have on defense. But but Watkins is absolutely important, very important to what they do, and close to being essential I mean, to what to what they want to do yeah. and to, to to be the best version of the offense it can be. There's a case to be made for each, um, like a, a logical, coherent case to be made for each. Sammy Watkins, I think, is more effective, you know, a better player, uh, at least from what we've seen. We don't know what Eric Berry is at this point, but I guess I'm just parroting you. Like, the, the defense just needs a lot of help. The offense, they're going to go get 35 or 40 or whatever. I feel pretty confident in that. The defense needs a lot of help. That's where I would land with my magic wand. <laughs> Lynn, where, where, Lynn, where would you put your magic wand? How would well, you Well, I think somebody, somebody asked this, or a similar question on um, Facebook or Twitter before about um, which one is more important to get back. And I think I keep coming back to Sammy because the defense, you just don't, I mean, you're not counting on the defense. You're counting on the offense to score points. And if you're going to win, it's going to be because of the offense. And you could say, well, they're going to score anyway. 
But to me, um, Sammy changes the way the defense has to approach things, yep. the, the opposing defense. Mm -hmm. So, and he opens things up and he just sort of puts you in a bind. And so, if you're going to have to rely on scoring 35, 40, you know, we've seen 50 points this season, then I think you probably need to have Sammy, especially against playoff teams. You know, you're not, it's not the Raiders in the last game of the season that doesn't really matter for them, yep. you know. I think Sammy. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Sammy, too. And we have Paul wants to know, is there any word on Laurent DuVernay-Tardif? He hasn't been on the injury report because he's still on IR. But do you guys get a sense, I mean, are we going to see him on Saturday? My sense is we're not going to see him on Saturday. But we don't know what's going on in practice with him. He's, you know, he's not part of, you know, we, we see him warming up. But we don't know if he's working in with, or to what extent he's working with the starters if, or whoever he's working in with. That could be a big surprise on Saturday if we see him out there warming up and running with the first team. But I think I would be surprised by that. They would that. have to make an announcement, right? That they're they taking would. him off IR. It wouldn't just be surprise. Here's a guy that we haven't seen in a long, long time. Oh no, no, they would surprise. They would. I don't even know if they would announce it. You know, but uh, <laughs> they would. They would. There would be some kind of announcement, or it would show up on the wire. You right. Know, on, on the on the uh, personnel wire. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't get the vibe. They have until next week. The 21-day window started for him a couple of weeks ago, and you've got 21 days to activate him or he doesn't play at all. He's worth it. He's worth so it. Is, is he a difference maker? Can he be a difference maker on Saturday? Does the O-line need that amount of help right now to, to put him in there? Well, he definitely helps. He helps. He kind of gets everything back in order a little bit, you know, maybe more people where they belong. Um, and more of the right people where they belong. I, I, I don't know that, I mean, if we're going back to the magic wand thing, certainly I think you take Sammy before you take him. Um, but look, I mean, they, it's funny. The line is a funny thing, right? I mean, they've had, they've had every running back they've had has run for a high average. Um, Patrick Mahomes has had a great year. Patrick Mahomes has had a great year by running for his life at times. So it's a little hard to define what this line has been. I mean, there've been times where I felt like well, it's really had a great year, but there have been times where you can see how they could be part of the unraveling. Hey, they've got a pro bowler, so how many lines have those? And an alternate. And an alternate. Tack. At the other tackle. Maybe it should have been the other way around. And an all-pro, although the alternate and the all-pro are the same people. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Sam, do you have any thoughts on, on the O-line and LDT? I'm really high on DuVernay Tardy, but I think he's a really good player. Um, his strength is space. He's athletic. Um, his strength is the, the screen game. Um, and I kind of don't think they've done that as much with, with his injury. And, uh, you know, so if he comes back or when he comes back, I think that adds a little bit of a, you know, adds a little something they can do. Damian Williams can certainly, you know, be on the receiving end of those screens. He's terrific in that. So uh, I think it makes a difference. It's not critical. You know, I, I thought they were going to take a huge step back. We talked about this before. I thought LDT's injury was like, uh-oh, you know, like, I don't know who, I don't trust any of these guys they have behind him. Uh, you know, I thought that was going to be a really big deal. It hasn't been as much of a factor as I would have expected, but he, he is a plus in that screen game, getting out in space. Let's talk a little bit about the guys that are behind the O-line, and the specific I'm thinking of is Spencer Ware, um, because in all of our injury conversation, we haven't really been concerned about Spencer Ware, but he has also been practicing with Sammy Watkins. And you know, we haven't been as concerned about Spencer because Damien Williams has come in, done a good job, gotten himself an extension, gotten himself paid. How important is it for Spencer Ware to play this weekend? Is, is, does he need to be a part of the game plan, or are they okay rolling with the, with the Williams tandem they've got going on? Well, I do think they, they want him for the depth. Um, right. We've seen Chiefs. Colts playoff games where running backs got hurt. <laughs> yes, we have. And it, it, it changed the game. It wasn't on the concrete. This won't be on the concrete surface of Indianapolis. <laughs> That's, but, right. That's right. But I think you, just for that, you, you, you want that, right? I mean, you see Damian Williams go down and, and no Spencer Ware there, too. I mean, I know we've had some Williams-Williams stuff, but... It, it would make it easier for our game stories if we could have a little bit more well, variety that, in the running back group. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I will say, I mean, I, I remember that, that one run uh, Williams, Damian Williams had in, in his first start when he basically reversed field. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, oh, I, I didn't know he had that. And I've been sort of thinking that ever since. I mean, I, I'm, I think he's better than Spencer Ware. 
I can see. I think um, so too. Yeah. And the funny thing is, spoiler alert, I've said spoiler alert like four times. That's my <laughs> thing tonight, I guess. Spoiler uh, for spoiler alert. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, hopefully, at some point this week or next, I'm working on a story about Damian Williams. Um, talked to his mom, talked to his high school coach. And the first thing I said to his mom is, hey, I want to do this story because nobody here knows Damien Williams. You know, he, he seems to have come out of nowhere. And she said, it's funny that you said that phrase because that's been his thing his whole life is he has come out of nowhere. In high school, he joined a high school team that had four or five running backs and really, really good ones. And, you know, they saw this kid that had a lot of raw potential and they tried to put him at linebacker. And he argued and said, absolutely not. I will not do this. And fought his way into the running back, uh, into the running back room. Then he had to go to JUCO. Not really much of a known quantity at JUCO. He had some academic issues, which is why he had to go there. And coming out of JUCO, he was looking at going to either Texas Tech or OU. And his mom looked at both rosters and said, son, Texas Tech doesn't have very many running backs. Maybe you should go there. And he said, no, I would really like to go to OU where their whole thing is running backs. You know, I would like to be like Adrian Peterson and go here. And they didn't really know anything about him. I mean, obviously they knew about him. They recruited him. He had a scholarship offer. But he went there and kind of came out of nowhere and three games in, he's a starter. Um, and kind of, and it was kind of the same thing with the Dolphins. It was a starter late after they traded JGI to uh, the Eagles. Started, got hurt. And now here, I mean, he joins a team where Kareem Hunt's on the roster, Spencer Ware's on the roster. If you're a free agent running back, why are you coming here? But that's just how he's worked all along is that's his thing is he likes to come out, surprise people, he likes to take people by, you know, he likes to be a, a just a, a pleasant surprise, a nice, like, late season injection. I'm sure he'd like to be a starter from day one, but he's a grinder. And that's kind of what he's coming and done here is he's then taken all of us by surprise. So that seems to be his M.O. the whole time. Well, it's worked for him. Clearly. You know, it's, work, it's working for him this year for sure. I'll go back. I want to say, go back to something you said. I think one of the reasons... They haven't. Um, we haven't seen the screen game as effectively. It's because of Kareem Hunt mm -hmm. not being there. Yeah. Not so much. Sure. He was terrific oh in the gosh. screen. Game. That, yep. that first touchdown against Cleveland was just yeah. was magic. I mean, yeah. I, and I think they've missed that. Mm -hmm. I, I think Damian Williams has been more than adequate as a as a replacement, especially since he's the second replacement. Right. You know, Spencer Ware, who's hurt. But um, they, they, they're happy with Damian Williams, obviously. They, right. They, well, they, and they the, signed him. the funny thing is about the screen game. I talked to his high school coach today, and his high school coach said. Damien could not catch a pass out of the backfield to save his life. Like, the screen game was not a part of anything he could do in high school. And he sees now, like, one of his signature things is being a receiving back and catching balls out of the backfield. And his coach is like, how did, where did this come from? Because you couldn't do this at all in high school. You know, you were just a bruiser, could run over people. But he said that that's what he kind of teases him about now. So maybe, maybe we'll see more of that if LDT comes back and is healthy and they can integrate that back in their game. Well, the other thing, you mentioned LDT when we talked about the screen game. Is Remember, Cam Irving, for a guy his size, for a guard, is a guy who's played all three spots and who can get out in space. And, you know, Jeff Allen sort of taken over that spot after Cam got hurt. I forget which game that was. but He's missed three. Yeah, he's missed three. And, I mean, he's been healthy for, for the last couple. They just haven't played him. They've kept yeah. Jeff Allen in there. So I think that's another thing that's sort of contributed to the screen game is when you don't have those two guards who are used to doing that, who are able to get out in space and make the blocks, then that sort of limits that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go. Lynn, you wrote a story earlier this week. Um, let's look at the Chiefs' defense again. Hop back over there and talk about the Chiefs' defensive line versus the Colts' offensive line. That's going to be one major thing that this game comes down to, kind of strength against strength. We've heard from the Colts about it, the Chiefs about it, but kind of boil it down for us. Why is this one of the things that you should watch? Well, the Andrew Luck's thrown for almost 40 touchdowns, over 4, 000, I think he's 4,000 yards this year, maybe 4,500. Um, he's only been sacked 18 times all season. And that's including the playoff game. They didn't give up a sack last week with J.J. Watt, Clowney, against those guys, no At sack. Home. Yeah, they just, you know. In, you know in their building. Like, you, you just can't touch Andrew Luck, basically. And the Chiefs tied, for the tied with the Steelers for first place with 52 sacks this season. So you got to... Defense has sacked the quarterback 52 times. The best thing they do, especially when you look at all the yards they've given up, is get after the quarterback. Um, and an offensive line that just doesn't let you get near them. So that right there, I think, could decide the game, whether or not they're able to get to Andrew Luck. I mean, obviously, you got to stop the run and things like that. But when there's going to be a time when they have to pass. And if you can get to Luck and disrupt them, it doesn't have to necessarily be sacks, but if you can disrupt them, 
especially since we know the secondary has given up some passes <laughs> this season. Wait, wait, They've what? Had a, <laughs> a few, a few here and there. Um, that might decide the game. So that's going to be, again, the matchup that, you know, I mean, I think the coaches see it. Andy Reid talked about it. Bob Sutton talked about it. And then also just how you do it. Like, that was the one thing Bob was talking about today is um, I asked him about getting there with four because the Chiefs are one of the best. I think they're the fifth best in the league as far as creating pressure with just four rushers. And he talked about, yeah, it's a big thing to do with four, but sometimes you have to bring an extra guy just to create the matchups. Because I think if you're the Chiefs, somebody blocking one-on-one -on -one against Chris Jones, D. Ford, Justin Houston, you take that matchup. So that they'll have to, the picking and choosing, how you decide to rush guys, when you send an extra person, that might decide the game there too, as well as how, I mean, it's, it's the getting pressure, but how you get pressure, when you decide to send extra people, that might decide how things turn out. Well, and how motivated is a guy like Chris Jones, who he got hurt, what, in the Titans game last yeah. year, wasn't able to finish it. I believe you talked to him, got in the middle of that giant scrum that was around <laughs> him yesterday. What, what did he have to say about that? A year later, that still sits with him. I think he, I'm trying to remember how, exactly how he worded it, but that still bothers him that he wasn't there to play the rest of that game. I think he played the numbers like 20 snaps out of like 70. And he felt like he left the team down. He let the team down. Um, in the offseason, coming off that you know, knee injury, he changed his diet. He got in better shape. Like it, it's been the whole motivating factor for you know, a full year now. So that was the first thing out of his mouth was, yes, that's bothered me. You know, it still bothers me that I wasn't there last year to help the team. So, And it was sort of funny because people asked him about specific guys in the offensive line. And he just sort of talked about the line in general. But he had a little smirk on his face because when you talk to him during the season, you know he feels like he can win one-on-one -on -one matchups, but he's just not going to come out and say that. So he I think he doesn't want to give them bulletin board yeah, material. Yeah, he's just not—he's not, not going to say that. I mean, you know, he just does it. <laughs> Clearly, he does it. He's just not going to come out and say it. So I think that's in the back of his mind that if he can get the matchups, doesn't matter, you know, who's all pro, who's all pro bowl, all that sort of stuff. He feels like he can win it. Well, I'll tell you what, that you know. He, Hearing you recite those offense, you know, the, the sack numbers and, um, and and how good Indianapolis offensive line is, kind of a common theme in the last couple of years for the Chiefs in the playoffs. How opposing offensive lines have, you know, and a powerful running back have controlled the game, controlled the clock, um, and controlled the Chiefs. And in Marlon Mack and this offensive line, and and I would submit Andrew Luck the way he's playing now, certainly better than Marcus Mariota last year and Roethlisberger two years ago didn't even get the Steelers into the end zone, but they won the game anyway because they controlled the game, controlled the clock. And I mean, that's something Indianapolis can do with this offensive line, potentially, potentially. That's, you're right. I mean, I think it's going to be so important for, you know, for Alan Bailey, for Chris Jones, for whoever's in the middle to, to get some press, somehow get some pressure, somehow force Andrew Luck into some you know, uncomfortable moments. It's hard to know um, weather, right? Um, might be a factor, but it's hard to see how either defense is going to stop either offense. You know, this could be. It's going to be a, a high-scoring game. It's going to be a Big Twelve game. They, they, which I'm both, here for. yeah, both defenses <laughs> seem like, however you want to look at it, a good or a bad matchup for that offense, right? Like the 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 Colts, the thing that people have been talking about this year, they play a lot of zone. Chiefs pick apart zone. The Colts give up a ton of yards, maybe the worst in the league, one of yeah. the worst four or five leagues, uh, or four or five in the league to tight ends. Travis Kelly, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of matchups that, that can be exploited on each side. This may be, you know, no punts, maybe? 44 41? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, has that ever happened in a playoff game? I can't remember who the teams just, were. Just leave it there. I mean, if you are the Chiefs, do you punt in this game at all, ever? I wouldn't. I mean, if you get to I mean, like, no, I've been saying, like, I, I really, this is not a gimmick. This is not like a sports writer, like, you know, what I, I think this is like the smart football strategy is for them not to never punt. You know, if you're fourth Dustin and Coldwell's 20, Dustin Coldwell's going to be really tight. Five. Yeah. Did, did, did you talk to Dustin this week, but, too? Uh, <laughs> did you say, hey, what are you going to do during that. the game? But, like, you know, the punts that I'm thinking about is the, what was it, like a fourth and three against the Chargers. Like that fourth and three on the 42 or so, and they punt. And, yeah. and Colquitt did his job. He's a terrific punter. Down to the five. Four plays later, or whatever it was, <laughs> the you know, the, the Chargers have those yards back. I, I really, I think about it like this, too. Like, if you're the Colts and it's fourth and five, 
or whatever, and it's anywhere close to midfield. Aren't you just praying that you see Dustin Colquitt? Like, you don't want to see Mahomes out there with, with, with Hill and Kelsey. I mean, think about it, like, from their point of view. No, I would not punt. Uh, in, like, like, you know, extreme situations, you got, again, fourth and really long on your own 20 or whatever, but I think you got to go. You got to go. You got to push yeah. the gas. Your, 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 your biggest strength is that offense. Your biggest weakness is that defense. Keep your strength your strength. Hide your weakness. That's how I see it. I like it. That's a very smart game plan. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com/sportspass. Uh, by the way, I'm glad that you brought up weather because we haven't talked about that yet. And Matthew asked a little bit ago, weather's calling for snow showers. Is that going to be a factor? And I think today the Colts tweeted out a video of somebody dancing in the snow. Was it legitimately snowing in Indy? Was this an old video? Was it fake snow? I have a lot of questions. I, uh, I didn't check the indie weather forecast, but maybe I should have. Um, how much is that going to be a factor in this game? Anybody, anybody want to be a meteorologist? And well, fo- last I heard, maybe this is updated from that. The thought was there'd be late morning, early afternoon, some snow, but probably so not, it'll not a factor by which game is the time. important thing. Right? Yeah, but yeah. but last that was last I heard, and that was early in the day. And I think it was like you know, high of forty. Change. Yeah. Wow, so oh, yeah. it's going to be balmy. They got, they got a heated, heated field. Yeah, yeah. I, couple, I wrote about this a couple years ago. Yeah. They, they put pipes, you go down about six inches into the into the turf, and there are you know, heated pipes down yeah. there. The, the field is always in, in really good shape. That makes a huge difference. If it's, if it's not raining at the time. Right. And, it, and, and when it does rain, when it stops, it dries quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I just don't think the track's going to be an issue here. So uh, we're not going to have a, a, I hate to say the name, but we're not going to have a Lynn Elliott situation where... Uh, well, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it makes a huge difference because you guys, I assume, have been following this team for a long time. Like, the, the Arrowhead field used to look like hot garbage, freezing cold garbage <laughs> in the season. And after they put those pipes in, yeah. remember the, the, the Oakland game? It was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. just looked like brand new grass. This late uh, in the year. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, there that's were, there were a couple of dead field. spots, but. Yeah, yeah, like over on the one the side. Right. Like last 10, 12 years, something like that. Or even farther back. Not a pipe man. Not 22 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, uh, the next thing I had on my sheet is, can Patrick Mahomes break the cycle? Because it has been 25 years since a home win. Uh, both Sam and Vahe have written about that this week. Um, and it's been talked about extensively, obviously. At Arrowhead, uh, Sam's laughing the most, so we're gonna let him start because uh, he chatted with Joe Montana, um, as you do in, at this time of year. Yeah. Um, what What were your biggest takeaways from that conversation about the cycle and the curse and the you know 25 years since the last win? Can I interrupt? Uh, just say something like, <laughs> no, this is this like Sam has tried Joe Montana before. I have Sam many kept times. trying. I mean, kept trying. And these things don't just fall off trees. So I, I still want to talk to him for that Houston story. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he, he was like, you know, I asked him something like, I'm sure you've heard, like, how often do you hear that, that they have not won a, a home playoff game? Um, and he said, you know, I hear it on TV. Uh, every now and then, and they just went into this big long, you know, like, which is crazy because, and he went into this whole thing about Arrowhead Stadium, and um, he said that, uh, you know, when he signed, that Marty Schottenheimer's like, you know, going berserk about like, you're not gonna believe Kansas City, you're not gonna believe Arrowhead Stadium, it's different here. And and in Montana's telling the story anyway, he's kind of like, all right, Marty, like I've played in Super Bowls, <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. It can't be that big of a deal. And then he said that it was like the difference between going from college to the NFL. Like it was that, you know, the speed of the game was that, that's how he compared the noise, the intensity, all that stuff at Arrowhead compared to other places that he had been used to playing. Now he came from San Francisco, which isn't exactly, you know, it's a different place there. Uh, you know, the, the in-game atmosphere, but he's still, it, his point was it is freaking wild that they haven't won a game in this long because of that 
of that building. And he didn't really have a good answer. Although he said, the, the other big takeaway, and I know he's talked about this before, um, he's still mad about that Buffalo game. Um, was that after the 93 season? Yeah, after AFC his, championship You know, his game. first season. And, um, and he blames it on, he said it was the last game of the season. It was the second to last game of the season where they got blown out by the Vikings. I remember who that, were yeah. not that good that year. And he said they just kind of played around. And that was the difference between playing that AFC Championship game at home and on the road. If they win that, they finish 12-4, and four, so does Buffalo. They get the tiebreaker. It was 51 degrees in Kansas City that day. It was, I think, 18 or something like that yeah. in Buffalo, real cold. Um, you know, you guys might remember the, the, the pass was at Kimball Anders. You know, it kind of hit him, and it just bounced off his hands. Um, there was another, there was a, maybe that was the same play. They, they were going in for, uh, it would have been a tie. Yeah. Right yeah. before halftime. Right. Said it's an interception, goes back the other way. So instead of tie, now it's 14 points. Um, you know, it's like somewhat slim margins, but he was still mad about that. You know, he, think about that. Like, a uh, guy won four Super Bowls, you know, inner circle <laughs> Hall of Famer. People outside of Kansas City don't remember that he played in Kansas City. <laughs> and, and, and he's mad about that one outcome. I thought that was interesting. Reich was on that team too, right? What's that? Reich was on that Buffalo team? Frank on the other White? side? Frank, Frank Reich? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, he might have been right? the backup. He was yeah, the backup yeah. for Jim Kelly, I think, right? Yeah. Cool. He's been a part of some comebacks now. <laughs> <laughs> Two big ones. Yeah. The yeah. biggest one ever in the NFL and the biggest one ever in college. So yeah. he's. Uh, he, so if the Colts are down 30. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and start rewriting that story. Vahe, uh, and you talked to Lynn Elliott earlier this week. I think, was that the interview that I walked up on? You were in the car talking in front of me, and I was going to like cause a scene. I'd gone yeah. out to get lunch, came back with my Subway sandwich, and parked aggressively close to the back of Vahe's car. Yeah, yeah you kind of To then, did. like, pop around I and... Like, I got whiplash I didn't hit just it. I didn't being hit scared. It. Yeah. I don't know if I have car insurance right now, so I didn't hit your car. That's really dangerous. Um, but... Oh, you got some messages now on Facebook Live from insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. I will take free car insurance. Uh, but you talked to Lynn Elliott, which he hasn't... He, like Montana, he hasn't talked much either, has he? Uh, not, not that I know of. I don't, I don't think he's been a recluse or anything. But, right. Um, what was interesting was, I, you know, we, I'd been thinking about it um, and just decided, you know, how many, how many times we're going to have this circumstance again? I'll give him a call. And, you know, he's, I just looked up the number and called him, and I thought I'd call him from the car because I could uh, tape it so I didn't have to take good notes because I don't take good notes unless <laughs> I'm taping. That's what um, everybody wants to hear, so. Uh, that's why I always tape. Uh, so... And he, and he was uh, he was great. We were on the phone almost almost an hour and a half, about an hour and twenty minutes, and uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. And, and uh, I thought he was really interesting. I thought um, I thought he really found the right ground to take ownership of what he did, but also to sort of explain that there were circumstances that maybe weren't ideal. Um, he didn't come off as a you know sad sack you know. You know what was me, and, and but but I just thought he was really real, and it and it was it was really interesting to me because of that. Um, and you know, I and I like the fact that you know he did find a way to put it in a compartment, basically, and it's part of his life. Um, he uses it in lessons with his children um, to talk about daring to take chances, and you know what's funny, um, sort of about almost relates to the Joe Montana thing, like. Where he lives, they think of him as Lynn Elliott Super Bowl champion, right? He was a yeah. kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. At, when, when Chiefs games come up about this time of year, it, it, he's reminded of it. But he, yeah. he's eager to watch the game Saturday. And one thing that was kind of, I had forgotten about this till I was just doing some last minute stuff before I called him. I'd forgotten he went to Texas Tech, which is just kind of a funny twist on the whole thing. He's I mean, a Texas Tech Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, and he was a yeah. walk-on. Yeah. At, he was a walk-on at Tech. So I don't know if there's some, some kind of a, Symmetry there. Let's let's assume for argument's sake it's a it's a happy symmetry Saturday where, you know, the Tech, the Colts, Chiefs playoffs. It, it works out in the Chiefs' favor this time. But I, yeah. I'd emphasize one thing that you just said about like he kind of took the high road in some ways. Those were not chip shots. I was at that game in the stands. That is the coldest I've ever been in my life. And I can't. Like, I, I feel like kicking a football, especially back then, cake, you know, pre-cake balls, all that stuff. Must have been like kicking a rock, kicking a brick, or I think something it, like that. Yeah, how do you not break your toes? The bigger problem he he felt he wasn't really talking. I'm sure that was a factor, but but was getting foot planted. Yeah. I, what I I didn't get a chance to like kind of look no back pipes. at the whole game, but no pipes. 
And even the place where he was warming up on the side where that's sort of considered part of the field, it wasn't covered by the tarp um, in the 48 hours before the game. So he's over there. That's just complete concrete, ice, glass, whatever you want to call it. So they had to cut a piece of turf from somewhere and put it there for his warm-up kicks. I mean, you know, but I thought what was really interesting that he said was great kickers make those. You know, there are reasons I didn't make it. Great Adam Vinatieri makes those kicks. And they just find a way. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, well, Chiefs yeah. need to win the Super Bowl so they can invite him back the way the Red Sox invited Bill Buckner back. Exactly. Although the Red Sox won twice before. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important clarification. He did, I think he did, uh, at, at the end of the call, I'd have to listen back, but I think he actually suggested, uh, he wanted me to, if I bump into Clark Hunt, which we don't really do, um, to ask, ask Clark to have, invite him to a game. I think I think he said that. Oh wow! Um, wow. Didn't quite well, fit I'm the sure story, Clark's was, watching this, so yeah. consider the message passed along. <laughs> yeah, bang but, the drum. <laughs> well, and before we take some audience questions, I think that the one thing that we haven't gone over extensively is the man that can break this cycle and kind of break the curse. It's Patrick Mahomes, that Texas Tech connection. Is he? What's going to be the difference in how? I mean, you talked to Joe Montana. Joe said that he's picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because of Patrick Mahomes. Is that fair to put this much pressure on him at this point? Who cares? <laughs> you know, like, if, if it's fair. No, no, nothing no. else has worked. I wish, I, I wish I put that line <laughs> in the thing I wrote about that. Well, I mean, it just, uh, like, it, just, it reminds me of, uh, I went on the radio, this was, like, before the season, and, and, like, we were talking about this, this exact thing about, you know, however many years, and, and not just since a home playoff win, but since a Super Bowl. And all these things, and, and the one guy was like, you know, yeah, no pressure, it's all on you. And the other guy's like, you know what? A lot of pressure, <laughs> a lot of pressure on you. This is what it's for. Um, but here's the thing about like, he's 23, first year starter, um, didn't really play in big games in college, even you know, like he, he's got to go back to you know the playoffs at, at White House High um, to feel like you know some some postseason really pressure, but. What about what we've seen so far? And I know we haven't seen the whole body of work, but we've seen 16 games, 17 if you count last year. What in that says that he's going to freak out and, and shrink in the moment? Like, if he, he, there's been times where he's been overly amped, you know, the beginning of the, the Denver game, the beginning of the New England game. Seattle. Um, Seattle. Um, but they ended up scoring 31 in that Seattle game, 40, 40. in New England. <laughs> Uh, you know, left-handed pass and second and 30 conversion in Denver. Like, so I mean, he just, I, I think he's going to be fine. Like, I, and I actually think he's the reason that they'll win. I really do. Did you get a sense whether or not Joe sort of, and I know he's never met him, so I don't know if he'd actually be able to tell this, but did he sort of see that same attitude that he had in Patrick? Because you know how Joe was famously Joe Cool, and he's in the huddle talking about, hey, that's John Candy over there and all yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. and. Um, did he, did he, you know what I mean? So like he never really, like depression never really bothered him. Like he yeah. didn't even really feel it if you believe what you hear in stories. Yeah. Um, did he see yeah. some of that in Pat? Is that part of it why like, he could say that and not worry about putting any pressure on the kid? He didn't talk about that as much. What he talked about was, um, you know, like we, like people like you, people like us tend to focus on the physical gifts a lot for obvious reasons. Um, but the first thing he talks about is not, not the cool under pressure as much as uh, he sees the whole field. He can go through progressions and all that. And, and one thing that I thought was really interesting, um, I said, like, you know, if, like, would you give him some advice or what's what's something that he can that he can work on? There's no perfect quarterbacks, right? Even ones that are going to win the MVP in their first year. And and he said basically, um, as quarterbacks, and this is him talking. I'm not using the. the he's like, as quarterbacks, sometimes you know, uh, we try throws that our arms aren't capable of doing. He's like. He doesn't have that problem. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we get a little bit full of ourselves and try things that, that maybe we shouldn't. So the, the key is to just, you know, remember what got you there. Keep doing your work. Um, you know, stay within yourself and go forward and he'll be fine. And it seems like that's what he's doing. And look, he hasn't played a playoff game, right? Like, the what either way, Saturday about 7.30 or 8 o'clock or whatever, you know, 7.30, I guess, um, the story about Patrick Mahomes is going to be way different. Right? He's either going to be another, another in the line, another chapter, or he's going to be the guy that broke through and beat that team on, on that field, probably with 38 or so points. You know, that, that's going to be the big thing. But so far what we've seen is 
overwhelming evidence that he's going to be fine and, and be a star on Saturday. We've had a prediction. Uh, Eric says that Mahomes is going to go off for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Not Over, under on that. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's, that, that, that sounds crazy for anyone else. The Chiefs have ever had a quarterback <laughs> yeah. in a playoff game. But, nope. Nope, not sure. crazy. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a crazy stat, though. I hate to bring it up. Heard it on, on the radio today. Some first quarterbacks starting their first playoff game against quarterbacks who have already, who are veteran playoff, who've had playoff experience. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's like 4-30 and 30 or something like that. It's, 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 not, it's not good. But four people have won, so <laughs> if you want to. Well, and, you, and, when you think about, and when you think about who they're lining up against, if this is in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, you're probably going against Brady, Manning, yeah, Roethlisberger, Breeze, yeah. you know, just yeah. some of the best, the best of the best. Yeah, and the quarterbacks that don't have any experience are probably the ones that aren't going to have experience again. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Hoyer is part of that. <laughs> For example, <laughs> you know, uh, from a couple <laughs> years ago, that thirty to nothing, yeah. you know, Chiefs win. So, I don't. It's interesting, but you know, what what's the stat like all time? Quarterbacks who have uh, never started a postseason game but won the MVP. What's their record? No. Oh, wait, no. Right? I was like, going to say, never does, does anyone else? So, like, I, you know, right. some of these Quarterbacks who like, have thrown 50 touchdown passes. <laughs> right. How was their playoff right, right, success right. that year? Yeah. Right. Hey, one, one quick sort of aside, but, it, but I, and this may or may not end up being telling, but I, I note that this week Patrick made a point of saying some stuff. I haven't heard him say it this way since early in the season, talking about, to, to use your term, staying within himself and talking about I don't have to do extraordinary things. I just have to distribute. I have to get the ball that way. It doesn't mean he'll think that way in the game, but it means I think it reflects an emphasis that they're all talking about right now. And even he used the term yesterday I hadn't heard him use for a while, if at all, just learning to manage his emotions. And, and again, this is simplistic and it's what you might expect that he has to work through, but I, I thought it was notable that he's talking about it that way. I think it, it in some ways speaks to what, what they're working with right now. Yeah. And so that's far that's we've seen point. his willpower yeah. kind of just does what he, yeah. what he does. It's just funny, like I, I have this picture of like him saying like, stay within yourself, stay within yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, before you like go to a party, you're like, be cool, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like once you get to the party, like, <laughs> you know, like starts throwing left-handed. Throwing 60 yards across the field. There is something to that. But the other part of like staying within himself means you know, running around like yeah, he can do damn talking to yeah. throwing to Chris Conley in the back of the end zone or whatever. Yeah, his like. boundaries are much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, to find themselves, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's the key point probably. Well, we've got um, our boss, Jeff Rosen, off camera who's clutching a microphone, and it looks like he is ready to pass it around. If anybody has mm -hmm. audience questions, um, comments, concerns, I'm sure there's a lot of concerns. Uh, <laughs> But you can either voice them into the microphone or berate us separately when this turns off. So my question is, um, should the Chiefs not defer the coin toss? It's a good question. So that was Jack off camera, uh, or maybe he's on camera actually. We have two cameras. Jack it's a very sophisticated setup here. Um, Jack, who is watches us every week that we're on, we have. I've accidentally said Jack asked before, but Jack asked. He's the Jack. Yeah, he's the Jack. Thank you, Sam, for putting that together. Took me an hour into the So, should the Chiefs defer if they win the coin toss? No, not defer. No. So they like, not take the ball first. first. Yes, yes. Ball yes. First. yes. They take the ball first. What do you guys think? I think they should take the ball first. I think, you know, that streak was all. Fine and dandy when they were whatever five and zero or eight and zero, whatever the streak was, with including the exhibition games when you had the formula. I think you want the ball as often as you can have it, and I think you take it from the get go. I also think it's important that they get out to a lead. Lynn, Lynn has def <laughs> debunked yes. me on this before, and he probably has a better point than I do. But I just, I just think they need to score the first couple touchdowns to win this game. To me, I think you you do the fur so that you have the ball to begin the second half. Also, it, it plays into the end of every half. It, all, it always does because then there's a team that either feels pressure to score or they feel pressure because they're gonna go, their potential looms of going down even bigger if you don't score or if you know you do something. You got you got to try and put points up at the end of the half because 
Chiefs get the ball first in the beginning of the second half, then you just assume they're going to score. Like Patrick Mahomes is like, okay, you're going to give them the ball, they're going to score. So that's, you know, so if you're already, if you're down seven at halftime, that's like mentally being down 14. Or if, you know, you, you get a chance to go score and tie it up or make it even, and then you have to maybe you press a little bit because you know coming up, they're going to get the ball at the beginning of the second half. Um, plus, their defense has been pretty good, hasn't it? When they've well, when I was going to say, not, not to pile up on Vahe here, but I, I think. <laughs> and that's what you get for answering the question. That's right. I think the defense is at its best, and the crowd will be at its loudest if the Chiefs win the toss to Fur and the defense goes on the field. And if the, and the defense has any advantage with crowd noise, it'll be in the first, you know, two and a half minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, possibly. Possibly. You're changing Bahe's mind. I see it. I see Look, it I, happening I, I, right here. I, I'm going to stick with my guns, even oh. though you know I may be wrong. I, I, that's just the way you have to do it. Um, I, I'd rather see that. I'm really impressionable. <laughs> I would definitely change that's my mind. That's a sports writer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. I can't say it. Um, I, but Brooke and Sam, you haven't sounded off. Is it four to one here? Uh, yeah. At least three to one. Yeah, sure. You can talk Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I was thinking more of, of Lynn's point when I'm thinking of this, but then I love Blair's point, too, about getting on the field first. But not yours. That's when the loudest is. So everything but what Sorry, you buddy. said. Look at, what, look, at what look at what adrenaline has done on the road to Mahomes at Seattle, at Boston. Some of the, you know, the, he's just, like, overamped. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a team can be overamped. Yeah, oh, so overamp him on defense? Well, Oh, on, you want Andrew right. Luck to get overamped. Even though they just won on the road in the playoff game. They have that little advantage. They've had, you know, they just had a great win on the road yeah. in the playoff. They're not going to be intimidated coming here. I still would put them on the field first. Well, let's I we just have to see what happens. <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have another question. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I know we've been talking about the Colts, uh, but I've been thinking that the Chiefs haven't been in the Super Bowl in forever. But I'm thinking this is their year they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Who should they play if they beat the Colts? That's a good question. Next week? Yeah, next week. Probably going to be the Patriots. Right, but um, are you saying like who would be a better matchup? Who would be a better? Yeah, matchup? if you had a magic um, wand again, you know which what? team would you pick? I actually think the Patriots. Like, I, I don't think the Patriots. Like, if you took the helmets, if you took like the name brand off of them, I, they're not what they were. You know what I mean? I don't think anyway. Like, I, I think Tom Brady. That's I think he's thrown some interceptions that he never would have before. Um, I think the roster is better. With the Chargers, um, you know, I think we saw what a pass rush with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa coming from from both sides. Like that was a big difference, right? The game here in Arrowhead, um, you know, compared to the one in LA. I know it's dumb, you know, invite Bill Belichick uh, for a playoff game, but I think the Chargers are better. Sorry, I'm really distracted because it's last call and my beer's empty. But, uh, <laughs> that's a personal problem. Uh, hey, Patriots are three and five on the road this year, yeah. and eight, eight and zero at, eight and zero at home. So they'd be coming here, and the Chargers just showed people how to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I'm with Sam on this. I, I'd rather see New England, I think, than L.A. I'm gonna disagree. I would rather see L.A., but that's also because I go on emotion and I know that there's more to football than emotion and there's strategy and there's everything else that happens but the fact that the Chargers came in and beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead I think Sam said this last week and then might have regretted that you said it but I don't think the Chargers beat the Chiefs twice at Arrowhead in the same Maybe season yeah. I think that I, I would rather see the Chargers if I'm the Chiefs because I to me there's just no way that that and like knock on all the wood I mean <laughs> I could just be jinxing the hell out of them but that's that's my personal feeling. Uh, can the offense come out slow? Is the defense going to be good enough to where if the offense comes out slow, first playoff game, you never know, uh, can they afford to do that? Will they be able to come back if we're down at halftime? I think they can come back. I just don't think – I think you'd much rather be chased than, than chasing. I mean, it's, it's obvious, right? But I, I – and this is also Lynn and I have disagreed on this too, but I, I do feel like I think the Chiefs have to have to get ahead to win. I just it doesn't mean they won't win if they I, I, their percentages are just greatly increased if they're playing from ahead. I just believe that it, one of the things that happened early was the way it changed the dynamic of the game for them to get up early. Now I don't think they're getting up 21 nothing, but who knows? But it, 
it, it just can alter things and, and set other teams out of their game plans in, in a sense if the, you can do that. But as Lynn has pointed out to me before when I've made this case, um, you know, it's it's a different kind of game in the playoffs too, right? We're likely to see a little little more little more defense. <laughs> so it'll only be 35-31 instead of 48-45. I mean, I, you know, that, but I might be alone on that. I mean, I, I think they need to come out fast though, which is part of why I think they need to take the – Take the opening kickoff. Well, no, I was gonna say the reason that you can't you can't afford to fall behind is because you're gonna be kicking the start of the second half. That's what <laughs> when you get the ball and you know you're gonna score, then that takes a little edge I feel off. Like of I'm that, playing you know? chess, three-dimensional chess, uh, and using checkers pieces. <laughs> All right, you win. Let's see, we have any more uh, questions out there? Yes. No. Maybe my uh, questions. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, if okay, so if we get over the hump, finally get that first win, do we just win it all? Do you believe if we if we win Saturday, we just go on and win it all? That's it. Let's yeah, I think we should all answer. Let's I, start with I feel like if, they, if, if the Chiefs win Saturday, they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. If, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, but I, I do feel like that. I, I but I think I do feel like it's a coin toss Saturday. But I, I I would I would lean toward them winning Saturday, and I expect them to go to the Super Bowl if they win Saturday. I think they're the best team in the on, on their side of the bracket. I really do. Uh, not by a huge percentage, um, you know, uh, not at all. Um, but I do think they're the best team until you. But you're talking about like winning in Atlanta too, yeah. and and if they play the Saints, I think the Saints are a better team. You know what I mean? Um, but look again, we've seen this over and over again, right? Like the best team doesn't always win. Uh, but I do think they're better than the Colts. I, th I think the, they're both going to score a lot of points, but the Colts can't score as much. You know, they're just not, they don't have Mahomes, not to keep going back to that. And, you know, the Patriots are going to come in there and they got, uh, you know, the, the best coach in the history of the sport, right? And a quarterback who's won more than anybody in the history of the sport. But I think the Chiefs have a better roster. And I think this year they have the better quarterback. They got the guy that's going to win the MVP. They're the better team. Doesn't mean they'll win, though, you know? as we've seen. <laughs> Lynn, what do you think? I don't think if they win this weekend, it guarantees that they're going, just because I think I think the Chargers are the team that's coming in here. Um, and the fact that they've already come in here and won, um, they're not going to come in here afraid. They're not going to come in here <laughs> with sort of the, the angst that you know everybody around here has about all oh, the playoff failures in the past. Like They're going to come in here looking to win, thinking they can win. And I mean, even that first game, I mean, that first game that the Chargers can go back and look at that and say, well, we didn't have, you know, Bosa, we didn't have these certain guys. So I feel like they're going to come in here feeling like they could win. So they could make it, but I don't think winning this weekend guarantees anything as far as them making it all the way. And then like Sam pointed out, you get to the Super Bowl, I mean, whether it's New Orleans or whether, I mean, if the Rams find a way to get through, I mean, we've already seen that game. I mean, so it's not a guarantee, but... I think it might be a needed step for folks who are <laughs> trying to get yeah. over that playoff hump, you know? Blair, what do you think? No, uh, I think they're, if the Chiefs don't go 0-1, they'll go 2-1. I think yeah. they'll win. Yeah, I think they'll yeah. win the AFC title game. And if it's the Saints, I think I think the Saints two and one? Yeah, 2-1. Yeah. They're yeah. going to go 0-1 or 2-1. Yeah. I, I do think the Saints are a tough matchup for them. But who knows what could happen? Mahomes in the dome? Oh, that could be. Yeah. Oh, that could be. We, we saw him in the dome earlier this year. We throw did. a oh yeah, that's throw, right. throw a ball seventy yards in the air in the preseason game. So yeah. um, same dome. You know, it's funny. I think that the 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 angst, as you described, that we all feel. I don't know if the team feels, but I know the city feels it in a big way. You know, win Saturday, just win Saturday. There's you guys haven't been around for a long time, but I, everywhere you go, people are just so you know tensed up mm -hmm. about about this game and I, I don't think it's in the locker room i was telling you this today there's 15 guys on this team that have won a playoff game in the chief's uniform they, there's 15 guys on the team that won in houston three three four years ago uh, i i don't i don't think that the team feels what the fan feel the the, the fan mm -hmm. base feels i was just going to say just to add to that because um i think we were having this conversation like you said you pointed out the guys that were on the team that actually won and i don't think it really gets to the players but it gets to the fans and you pointed out that we aren't, you know, we're, this is our first year here, but I grew up in New England, not a Patriots fan, but um, it's just weird to me, or I was talking to somebody about this this week, about how in New England, even though that team is not as good as some of the Patriots teams they've had in the past, the attitude is just, they know they're going to win. Whereas here, it's like, I talked to somebody, and I said, so what do you think about the weekend, about the game? And 
they're going to lose. <laughs> Somebody who is a Chiefs fan, they're going to lose. Just guaranteed. Like, no, no, no. I was like, well, but how good this team has been this year? Doesn't matter. I've seen it. They said, oh, I've seen it. More than one person said that. I've seen it. No. My, my favorite words on this, uh, other than all the glowing words we've all written, uh, were, were, uh, were it was a tweet to Sam, and I probably referred to it on Facebook Live before, but it was a guy, it was before the Raiders game, it was a guy asking, <laughs> Should, should we root for the Chiefs to lose to the Raiders so they can have a respectable road playoff loss instead of getting the number one seed and losing at home? And I thought that spoke to the state. I agree with you. Well, let's. I have one more question for everyone before score prediction. So, dang, well, did I didn't you write down the score. Oh, yes, uh, didn't I? No, no, I don't think Oh, I well, I agree with, I think every, well, I agree with most people here. I think if they win this game, we're going to Atlanta. Uh, everybody pack your bags, get ready. I've already started online shopping, uh, so I'm ready to go. Swing, swing that thing down and answer again. <laughs> I have one more question uh, for everyone before score predictions. I just realized I didn't write my score prediction down, so now I'm sure someone's going to steal it um, because you all read my mind too often. Uh, what has to happen for the season to be a success? What? Where do the Chiefs have to finish? I stole it from somebody. They've asked me, and I can't remember <laughs> who it was. Uh, so, but I'm going to pretend like it's my own. What has to happen for this season to, to feel good about the way that it ends? Let's start, Sam. Win twice. Like, I think if you get to Atlanta. That, but anything less than Atlanta is not a failure, but yeah, yeah, you, I mean, you end with a bad taste There's now. different levels, right? Like this, and it's just, oh, my God. You know, not even the curly-haired angel can save us from, you know, the thing. And then, but if, if, even if you win and then lose in the AFC Championship game, it's kind of like, eh. You know, like, I, I, yeah. It wouldn't be an abject failure. It wouldn't be losing to the Colts, um, you know, on a missed field goal or whatever. But um, I don't think you, like, plant the, the flag in the ground and say, you know, season was a shining success because they went one on one in the playoffs. I've covered a team where they literally planted flags in the ground. So. You have, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if that'll happen here. Uh, are there flags to plant in the ground? Yeah. Uh, Vahe, what do you I, think? I, 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 Sam's point's right, but I, but I, I call it a success if they, they finally win a game at Arrowhead, right? And they, they win one more playoff game at Arrowhead than Baltimore. Indianapolis has. I'm stuck on that, Jeff. I keep saying Baltimore. <laughs> My parents do the same thing. Yeah, but I, that I mean, win that, yeah. right? And and I think. I don't want to say it's house money after that, but I, I, I do think, you know, this is the first year of Mahomes, the Mahomes era. Um, I think you can, you can say you, you, you broke through and uh, the, the future, you have every reason to think you can do it then and, and more afterwards. So I just like to see him win one. Lynn, what do you want to say? So I guess I say get, you get to the Super Bowl, that's a success. Losing the AFC Championship game, I guess that's like a push. <laughs> and losing this weekend would be a failure because I don't yeah. think you can, yeah. you know, lose in the AFC Championship game and call it success, but I don't think it's a failure either. I think you could still, if you were trying to be optimistic, give it the old, well, it's the first year with Mahomes. Defense was probably, you know, or things probably moved a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of like that defense wasn't ready for the run that they were trying to make. Um, you got a lot of young guys, so you can probably sort of try to justify it into not being a failure and like I say that's a push and then but losing at home this weekend oh it's just gonna pile up <laughs> it's gonna pile on top of everything else. Blair what do you think? I think Andy Reid needs to win two games I think his legacy's on, on, on the line on this he's got the quarterback that he's always wanted and he's won uh, he's only behind Belichick in terms of number of career victories among active coaches and top 10 all time he's been to one Super Bowl he's been to uh, just one NFC, no, uh, no, no, several NFC, right, like yeah. four or five yeah. NFC championship games. He won one of those. Yep. Okay. I think he needs this as yep. much as anybody. And I also think that the national perception would be different than the local perception. I think the national perception would be if the Chiefs, as the number one seed, don't be the number six, beat the number six, and then win in the home game in the AFC title game, that's a failure. Locally, I think we tend to look at this as just get one. If they get one, then that'll be a stepping stone to a future success. But you're never guaranteed this. We talk about Mahomes being the you know the quarterback for the next decade or more, and great seasons are just going to naturally follow. You're not guaranteed 12 and four and a number one seed all the time. You can't expect Patriots-like success or Manning Denver Broncos-like success. So I think. You strike when you can. This is a year to strike. Win two games, get to the Super Bowl, and let's see what happens. 
One, one quick addendum, which is just, it, it maybe is against the flow of all this, but let's remember what we looked at before the season, too, though. I mean, I mean know, it doesn't matter now, though. It doesn't matter. We all we said eight, 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 nine, and seven. doesn't exist on the internet. And then Mahomes <laughs> goes out and throws 10 touchdown passes in the first two games and changes everybody. Well, that's, that's true. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And, like, the the building year was based on that kid being like a norm like a human quarterback like a normal you know flawed quarterback it was like once he does this <laughs> you got to keep going man you got to keep going yeah i mean sam's been writing about him every day for like three months now or four months whatever it's been you know you can't now just come out there no, no. that, that bar has been set high <laughs> well i'm gonna go i I think if they win this game, then it's a success and everything else is gravy. Even though Blair's argument almost persuaded me to change my answer, but I wanted to be like Vahe and stick to my guns. So I'm, I'm gonna go if they win this game. If, if they win this game, and let me put a stipulation on it, if they win this game and then lose a close one in the, in the next game, which I feel like is kind of cheating and I can't actually do that, but you know. Um, so before we wrap up, because we've been going a lot longer than usual, it's definitely not because I had caffeine and through this. last call even. I know. It's the first time I've ever like not gone to the bar at last call. Uh, let's give out score predictions. I've written mine down. I've folded the corner of my paper so that Blair can't. Did you really? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. Blair's so dishonest. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> it's true. What can I say? I said nobody ever. <laughs> really, though, Blair, Blair, who won a big award this weekend and just came in all humble and everything like it didn't Thank even you. happen. Hall of Famer. We're lucky. <laughs> but anyway, he's still not going to steal my score. Uh, let's go with score predictions. I'll, that's why it's folded. Sam, what do you got? 41-36, home team. Okay. Uh, 38-24, home team. I'll go 31-28, Chiefs. Okay. 38-34, Colts. You almost stole my score. I went 38-35, Chiefs. Oh. Oh. So you almost stole my score, but not quite. So we have one pessimist. If you'd like to send hate mail... <laughs> Blair Kirkhoff is who you should address you know what? It all I, to. I, I picked, I, I picked the, uh, the, the the Chiefs at the Seahawks. That was dumb. We should have, we, we should have seen that. Jeff tried to tell me. We should, <laughs> should have seen that one coming. And yeah, that, but I this didn't want the hate mail, so uh, it was a but, business but decision. I, the, more, the more I hear about the Colts and what the, where their strengths are, the more I just, ugh, ugh. And I did, I watched the game last week. They were, they were really, they were really good. good. Yeah, really I watched good. the game, too, because if they had lost, I was going to be on a plane to Baltimore, and I needed to know... <laughs> when to hit the cancel button on that Southwest right. flight and get the refund. Yep. So on that note, uh, we're going to sign off from here. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, extra thanks, everybody who came, showed up. We really appreciate it. So hopefully we can do this again uh, sometime. Fingers crossed we have more opportunities this season. We'll. We'll have to do it again. We've, uh, nev we've never done the Chiefs playoff victory Facebook Live. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break new ground. Right. So until next time, uh, whenever next time is, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Saturday, whether it's, I mean, it'll definitely be Saturday. But we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon.